Whether you've been playing golf for a lifetime or you're just getting introduced to the game, we've all heard some golf myths, whether they're true or not. Today, we are going to confirm a few for you all and tell you what you really need to know. Golf is not that hard. Well, it doesn't have to be. That's why we cut through all the highbrow golf BS to give you what you really need to know to enjoy the golfing experience. I'm Doug Smith. And I'm Cheyenne Woods. And together we have over 50 years experience playing the game of golf at every level. Every week we'll break down a new topic in 10 minutes or less, answering some of the most popular questions in golf today. You're welcome. You know, Cheyenne, there's a lot of myths in golf. You know, we can't deny them. So yeah, you're right. what are some of the myths that you've seen? We're going to go, let's go back and forth a little bit about <laughs> this, right? So what yeah. are some of the myths that, that you can either prove, add some context to, or dispel? Well, I think a big one that we all come across is that, you know, we've talked about it before. Golf is a rich man's sport or an old man's sport. And like we said, traditionally, yeah, <laughs> it definitely is. But, you know, what we're trying to do is introduce the the millennials, you know, our generation that golf is for everybody. Man, that's why I like guys like shout out to Schoolboy Q. Shout out to Steve Malbin. I really appreciate what those guys are doing out on the West Coast. And I hope this movement of just introducing it's kind of like this skater culture into the game of golf. Man, it's a phenomenal watch. Check those guys out if you haven't seen them. But I enjoy the fact that golf is finally kind of starting to open up its doors a little bit Definitely. doors that have been closed so a myth is that golf has been inclusive right mm-hmm. or that's tried to be no it's the exact opposite so here's one on the in the vein of fashion right okay if you look good you play good how about that 100%. one for you show a hundred percent honestly that's um you know when i go in and have my meetings with nike that's one of the topics they bring up they understand that when you feel good and you look good you're gonna play good so in everything that we put on and everything that we either say yes or no to design wise they listen because they understand that that saying has a, a real a correlation effect. you know a hundred percent so what's what, what are things shall you you don't like though right they send you like have you ever sent some clothes back? Like, this is horrible. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to like. <laughs> Everyone has their own style. You know, some players don't like to wear neon or some players won't wear black. I wear a lot of skirts. You know, some players don't want to wear skirts. You probably don't want to wear a skirt. I don't, so. personally. No, I'd rather not. <laughs> it's cool. I'm not against any guys that, that do want to wear a skirt. So, I had a yeah. professor in college wear a skirt. It was awkward at first. but I've seen it, yeah. Guys you know, can pull off do skirts. You, do your thing. You know, or kilts. <laughs> but, um, but for sure, you know, there's things that I refuse to wear because you don't want to be out on the course and feel self-conscious and be worrying about how you look all day. And you don't want to be tugging on anything and worried about the collar or how short something is. Although some people don't care. But. So if you look good, you play good. I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Shai, what's another one you got? We've all heard this saying a lot, the grip it and rip it. And it goes along with the drive for show, putt for dough. So That was my next one. Damn it. No, just playing. <laughs> I beat you to it. So, you know, I, I play a lot of pro-ams and you see the guys trying to rip it off the first tee, thinking that that's the most important part of the game. And obviously, yeah, it's it's impressive sometimes, but it's not really the most important. No. It really doesn't matter. Rather make a putt. 300 yeah. yard drive, missed two footer. They yeah. count for the same amount of yeah. strokes. I believe there's a lot to that. I think there's it, it can be discussed further though, but grip it and rip it is a horrible mindset. And no offense, <laughs> JD, John Daly, like shout out the way you've lived your life forever. I love it. I respect it. You got to hit it hard, man. Like I get it. Yeah. And for some people it pays off. I mean, in the women's game, you see a Lexi Thompson or an Aria Jutanagarn who are the longest hitters on tour and it pays off for them. But I would say for the average golfer, that's not something that they need to focus on. 
I think in, in the whole realm of like golf and golf instruction and learning and teaching the game of golf, putting is like an afterthought. It drives me nuts. Yeah. Like putting, honestly, it's 40% of your entire golf experience when you're yep. playing. Like yep. it's 40% of it. And if you three putt multiple times for us beginners, you know, it could be up in the 50s, you know, in the percentile of the shots taken on a golf course. So I dispel the grip it and rip it. Let's let's putt for some dough. Yeah, because that's what we all want, right? A little bit of dough. Absolutely. And that goes, or sends me to my next point is there's not one way to do this, right? I see a lot of coaches out on the gram and, and different outlets that teach a swing or a, a move. There's no best way to really swing this club. You look at a player like a Matt Wolf versus a Jim Furyk to a Cameron Champ. These guys don't swing it. Nothing the same. So have you seen these either coaches or, or people that, that are teaching this one way to do this golf thing and it completely limits a person's capabilities? Yeah, especially growing up in the game and you see all these instructors or academies and they produce these cookie cutter swings that despite how a player's body is set or how their natural swing is, they are trying to force a specific philosophy on you. That's how people get injured. That's how people lose their game a lot of times. So really, you have to keep your mind open. I always feel like there are multiple ways to do it, like you had mentioned. And find an instructor, like we've talked about before, that fits your philosophy, fits your natural swing, and can get you back in the fairways and making some birdies. Absolutely. And staying away from BS. No BS. None. You know, my next point are the people that I actually enjoy being in the club equipment business. I love the folks that think they can buy their game. <laughs> okay. I love these people. I love the people. I love the guy or the gal that's buying the new driver every year. Yeah. Or that's That reads every shaft profile on the internet and is like waiting for the new XYZ bubblegum shaft to come out so that they can oh go buy it because they see that it's supposed to help them do X, Y, and Z. I love those people. You keep me in business. So thank you for what you do. But yeah. I do want to dispel this. You cannot buy a golf game no unfortunately if so i would definitely be saving my money <laughs> people have to understand this last year's driver is really not fast usga doesn't change their speed limits on how fast the ball can leave the face so that driver that you had last year newsflash it's just got new paint and new bells and whistles to make you want to buy it the following season it's just as fast all marketing but you gotta go out and do the work in golf shine you can back me up this there's no truer effort in life than golf where you get out what you put in mm-hmm. i don't think there's a truer thing you can maybe going to the gym right you know right. trying to get your body back in shape but if you do the work in this game you're gonna get better yeah yeah you're supposed to have you ever like been caught up in club hype yeah And I've seen it firsthand and playing the pro-ams that I play every week. You see these guys show up and they've got these shiny new clubs, the the best of the best, whether it be the most expensive clubs or the newest and the fastest, but they can't get the ball off the tee. So you've got all these fancy clubs and you can't, you don't even know how to use them. So it doesn't work. Sorry. You know, there are some things that are true and there are some things that are false. Through our time together, we've experienced or explored some of these opportunities but we want to hear from you. What are those things that you're hearing in the game of golf that can be dispelled? Whether they be funny or something that you just aren't sure about, we want to help you figure out what's true and what's not. It's time to get technical. We're going to talk about something a little bit more advanced straight from you guys who are listening. This one is from G-D-O Trey. I don't, I'm sorry if I screwed that up, but you're from Instagram and he wanted to know about rangefinders and GPS. 
which do we suggest for listeners and golfers and what features are the most helpful during a round? No, this is this is actually a really good question. Like in a perfect world, you want both, right? I feel like if you're a player that's playing a lot of new golf courses, that's going on golf trips and, and all about everywhere, I would tell you that the GPS might be a, a good option for you because we go and you play these courses maybe once and you're traveling, you've never played, you've never seen the whole, you know, you're able to get the aerial and you're able to see how far it is to the trouble. The golf watches and the GPS apps, they'll show you how far you are. My only gripe is that they give you to the center of the, of the green. The newer apps let you kind of move the flag around on the green. But if you play consistently, if you're always playing a new place and you're always uh, visiting a new club in the GPS, but if you're playing consistent and you're playing tournament golf and you know your numbers well, I would say then you should opt for the laser. I'm always trying to save money and I know those things are super expensive. So it also depends on the golf course you're at because I do know a lot of newer courses or if you're using a cart, it will have the GPS there in the golf cart. So you don't necessarily need your own. It'll give you all the data in the golf cart. If you want specific distances, you can use a rangefinder. I use a rangefinder personally because I do play a lot of golf where I want to see how far this tree is or how far the, the hazard is. So for me, that's my preference, but definitely it depends on how you're playing golf, where you're playing golf and what you like best. You know, I'd also say it would also help to have the rangefinder with the slope. Right. Yeah. You know, um, That's huge. You know, for those tournament players out there that do listen to our show, having a rangefinder with slope, one that you can actually toggle on and toggle off, is going to be beneficial because you'll be able to add the plus or minus numbers as it relates to elevation when you're charting the course during your practice round. So tough question. Depends on how you are enjoying the game of golf. If you're out there playing leisurely and you don't care about the shotgun randomness of the rangefinder, then maybe you should go with the GPS. But if you really want to get specific and know the numbers to a T, I'm telling you to go with the laser. All right, that's all for this week's episode of Birdies Not BS. Be sure you are hitting us up on all the social channels, Facebook, Twitter, IG. Holla at us. We want to know your questions. And if you're not hitting us up on the socials, Cheyenne, where can they get to us? You can go to birdiesnotbs.com and you'll find us there. <laughs>